And welcome, fellow musical nerds, to the second episode of Musical Chats with me, Anna McGuire, and fellow guest. Um, and today we will be talking about f- the Phantom of the Opera, famous Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Um, and my special guest today is Alison Duggan. Hi, Alison. Hi, uh, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, not too bad, not too bad now. Good. Um, can I just ask you, what made you get into musicals in the first place? <laughs> um, I come from a very musical family, and my mom was sincerely obsessed with musicals. So at a very early age, I I was literally immediately hooked into it. Um, instead of kind of watching, I don't know, sitcoms or certain Disney t- TV shows, my mom was like, yo, have a look at this. <laughs> Just, like, sit down and watch it. And it was a documentary on the um, first ever Phantom of the Opera. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I really wasn't really interested in the first place. I was like, yeah, okay. And I was, at the same time, doing, um, of singing. So I was, you know, just going to lessons just for fun. And yeah. my mom was like, I don't know where I was 10. She's like, I got a ticket to see Phantom of the Opera. I was like, Woo! <laughs> I was ten. I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. So I go in there blind, and I absolutely immediately fall in love with it. Of the storyline, even um, it was just—I don't know even how to explain. It as a ten-year-old, you're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Okay. Um, I want to be her. I want to be Christine. I want to yeah. sing, and then I got into opera. So I started singing opera. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! It was. God, an opera is so difficult, and the role of Christine, my God. Oh yeah, I got a chance to sing like two of her songs. You know, think of me and wish you were somehow here again, and oh my goodness gracious me. It was so difficult. Your ribs hurt. Your lungs hurt. Your diaphragm hurt. I never thought my diaphragm could hurt because (laughs) it's it's just. You just don't feel it. No, no, it can hurt. It can <laughs> seriously hurt you. Yeah. And I remember my singing teacher going, you know, you'll be fine, be grand. When no. you're learning the three R's of the think of me and how high she keeps oh going. Oh, my God, yeah. And I remember looking at her going, I, 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 have to, I won't be okay after this. I will not be able to breathe. Yeah. Because you can't. In some way, you have to <coughs> keep going. Absolutely. And there has to be a healthy way of doing that. Oh, there is, and you learn it. You yes. find that um, when you're singing it, you yourself don't see the healthy way of doing it. You're like, I yeah. can't, I, I can't, I can't do this. Death. <laughs> oh, 100%, it's like death. Anytime someone asks me how it was singing, I was like, oh, you know, you're just learning not how to breathe, you know. You're, you're yeah. breathing, but you're just not breathing. I watched last night the um, surprise quintet at the 25th anniversary with Sierra Bogus, how in the world does she do that? She managed. She was the only woman with four men 
singing around her and she still managed to somehow overpower them. I know it's it's she has a voice that is so unique to from what I've heard. She's been encasted in Little Mermaid in <coughs> different variety of roles and to me Christine always stands out for her. Mm-hmm. She just has this natural flow of being able to go high and higher and higher. And it's like, are you ever going to come back down? Are you okay, sweetie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so someone needs to take your temperature. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what Christine do you think was the best throughout the whole run of The Phantom? Uh, I know it's a hard question. You see, I've, I watched Sarah Brightman. Okay. The original Christine, I watched her on, in a documentary and I've listened to her sing. And she's taken on um, songs that were mainly male-dominant opera mm. singers, you know, and she's transformed them into her own voice in such a beautiful, unique way that when she takes on Christine and she can sing it in a rock um, music video, yes. you hear going, what can't you do? <laughs> so I'm very tied between her and Sierra Vargas because they're That's the only fair. two I've kind of really ever captivated Christine's story with. Mm. You know, there's always something that they have. There's like a connection they have with this role, this character. Yes, absolutely. And Sierra Borges has played the, the longest mm. as well out of all of them. Oh, 100%. Um, but I don't know. I don't particularly like Sarah Brightman's version. I appreciate her connection to the role and the fact that she was the first Christine. But I, I don't like her style. Like, I know not ever the point of making like different Christines come in different actresses play Christine is that each different actress will take on Christine in a new way and make the role their own but I <laughs> I just love Sierra Boggis Sierra Boggis has my heart yeah, I have to agree with that I remember watching her for the first time in Love Never Dies because I mm. may may not have found them on YouTube I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Slam tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I watched, like, for the f- from the f- start to the finish, and there's a very difficult song of Love Never Dies, and the, f- the Phantom wrote it for Christine to sing. And there's it's such a unique and very difficult song in not just your breathing techniques, but also, as an opera singer, you sometimes already have a lot of movements, so you're mm-hmm. literally just stuck with your voice your facial expressions, and maybe just the light movements of the arms. Absolutely. So you have to portray the story with your voice more than anything. The emotion has to come out with it, even if you're singing extremely high and all you hear is a slight, like, you know, squeal. Yeah. It could sometimes sing, uh, sound like that. And she just takes it on board and just gives this such a beautiful story of this love. Absolutely. That, you know, it's... And I only saw her first in Love Never Dies. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. Let's see you. Let's see you at the beginning. No, let's see Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And I see her, and she portrays the song "Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again" in such a. You cry. You have Absolutely. to. You, there's tears in your eyes when you hear her singing because you get the raw emotion of missing her father, the difficult situation she's in, of the portrayal she has to do. Mm-hmm. And you're just here going, Garlene. Are you okay? Do you need a hug? Yeah. How this question just popped into my mind. How old is Christine meant to be? Okay. 
Oh no. <laughs> I don't like that expression. Okay, so no one really knows. More than likely there is a Sinatra. More like if you look it up on Google, they'll have a certain like age. Mm. For me, I like to think she's 18. Yeah. Because she's an opera ballet, uh, ballet dancer and it takes a... I know that there was classical training they had to do beforehand and she was would say seven when she six or seven when she um and the story goes that she when she moved in mm. to the opera house to study ballet with madame Giry, and so i roughly say she's 17 18 okay which at the time was actually the start of your career Absolutely. if you were a ballet dancer or even younger you so you're looking at Which the age of 16 to 18 mainly 18 oh it's enough <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's like that makes the whole love triangle situation between herself, Raoul, and Phantom, that much more worrying. In a way, it is. In a way, it does, oh, 100%. If you, I don't know, it's always with the story of Christine, you kind of get this young girl that's, you know, matured so quickly mentally mm. that she can grasp what others can't. Okay. But the portrayal, for me, the portrayal of the Phantom is... We're dealing with the 18th century. We're dealing with um, people that were different from society. So they were shunned upon. They were mocked upon. They were treated horribly. You know, you saw it with circuses or with freak shows in Absolutely. the 18th century. And when this was written, it was written in a time of make this man a monster. You yeah. know, make the handsome-looking fella look like the good guy. And Christine being the you know, damsel in distress or, oh, sure, God love him. Yeah. And so when you see the musical then, in my opinion, you kind of get this different texture to it where Christine is in a love triangle still, mm. is still somewhat of a damsel distress, portrayed in, so in some ways, but she has this more sense of maturity of he's not a monster, he's a man. He's a desperate man. Yeah, he's been through a lot. Look how he's being used. Look how he's used me. Absolutely. It's like a connection there going, if he's used me to portray his songs, then how do people use him? And Absolutely. You get the background story then of the Phantom. And it's, for me, it's kind of like that kind of hint of, hold on now, does it make it right? No. Definitely not. Heavens no. If I was Madame Jury, I'd be like, and you're coming with me. Yeah. We're going to keep you away from those two human beings. But Madame Jury, on that note... She's a very interesting character to me because even though we don't get to see a lot of her in the original Phantom, mm. she is very much the character who's kind of behind the scenes profiting off of Phantom's use. Oh, 100%. I don't know why, but I always find with the Phantom of the Opera, there's such f unfinished questions, unfinished stories. Manager is mm -hmm. like the top one. Because mm -hmm. we don't know what this woman is. Absolutely. Like, for all we know, she could have been his mother. For all we know, she could have been his sister. The um, the movie kind of gives you a background story to Madame Jerry and Eric's relationship, which is okay. the Phantom's name. But at the same time, it's that's just one side to it. Absolutely. There's so many different others. And I think that's one thing that's very interesting about the Phantom. It kind of leaves you with the what if what's next what's happened especially the last moment on the stage is when just the mask is there and that's it mm -hmm. 
no trace of the phantom and it's meg who finds the mask which i find really weird i'm just it made me think because i recently rewatched it the other night mm. to prepare myself for this but i was like did they know they were going to write love never dies because meg plays a very prominent role in that when she plays a very minor role in phantom and did they know they were gonna it was it a setup to love never dies i wonder or was it just from what like I honestly did a tiny bit of research because I was here going, I'm so confused. When I looked at <laughs> Love Never Dies and I saw the, hold on now, they had a son. But, but that, yeah. but that, but that, what? What's going on? <laughs> so after the, uh, what? You know, that silent, <laughs> continuous A sound to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> that you see in Hamilton with the words. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Um, I looked it up and I was there going, right, Phantom of the Opera was created first. Mm. Then a few years down the line, Love Never Dies was created, and you first see introduction to Raul Carmillo and Sierra Bogus into the uh, relationship triangle that came the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And they were the first ever to kind of tell the story, portray the story of Love Never Dies. Yes. And I think, in my opinion, the only reason sometimes he may have written it is because there was so much unanswered in the original production that it was like going, Sugar. Maybe I should, you know, write a sequel. Write another one to see how it goes. At the same time, I was hearing a rumor once of people got so annoyed that Christine chose Raoul. Yep. Uh huh. (laughs) You heard it as well. Yep. Yeah, and that people got so annoyed that she's like, "Fine, I will write another that she somehow ends up with Phantom, and Raoul's look like a little." Shit, I might. No, you're allowed to swear. Oh, it's very fine. good. I don't it's know fine. if I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to swear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right, Rao, you're a shithead. Phantom, you're good. You're a good yeah. guy now. I don't agree with in any sense. Because, yes, it's romantic. And, yes, maybe it's nice to know that the there is a man behind the monster, if mm-hmm. you get me. Kind of like a Beauty and the Beast situation. But in another way, it's like... You're just doing it for commercial success and to please your fans. That's it. And she chose her childhood sweetheart. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense to me. For me, I remember actually looking at the, at the movie and the musical, and I don't know why, but it just always brought me back to the theme, you know, the time it was set in, mm. and the meaning as well behind Eric and behind excuse me, Christine and Raoul and the roles they play, they are in a love triangle, that's 100%. It's a very creepy love triangle, but it's there. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm just going to lay it out there, <laughs> it's there. But at the same time, you, I was still bringing to the point of these characters represent more than just a love triangle. You mm. have a society's point of view and how they treated people that were either disfigured or just not, they deemed not human in reality that wasn't true you know everyone was human everyone was themselves but if you didn't hit a certain criteria you were looked down upon or you were deemed a monster exactly and i feel sometimes this way andrew lloyd webber when you see how people portray the phantom how he hides himself how he tries to make himself look human as Mm -hmm. people would say or make himself look more beautiful i'm using quotation marks because (laughs) you know that's what you see absolutely it's a message of this was, it's a message to the audience of still going, this is what society portrayed. 
these people as, that they had to look a certain way. And if they didn't look a certain way, they were deemed as monsters, they were deemed as being discarded or, as you find out, a phantom. Yeah. You know, they didn't... horrendous. Oh, 100%. For me, these three characters represent the monster, the society, that middle part that was always, always there, that um, these people were deemed hypocrites or these people were deemed, you know, the same as the monsters mm-hmm. that you know, when they'd always stand up and go, but they're human. They're, they're yeah. the same as us. Why are we and treating that's them differently? Christine. Mm-hmm. In and a way. Like, I don't know why, but every single time that last fight scene with Raul, Phantom and Christine, when Raul is in the noose and when um, Phantom is trying to get Christine to marry him and Christine still kisses him. She still believes there's good in him. She still goes with Raoul, but it's not because she went along with Phantom's demands. It's not because she fought the Phantom in any way or believed that he was a monster. It was because she believed that there was something else in him, something good, and it wasn't just his disfigurement. It was just desperateness for love really oh 100% yeah you do I really don't know why but I always love the last dialogue and I call it a dialogue because it is a dialogue but just with singing involved mm. in it you know, these three people sing it, singing it as you pointed out it's such a final kind of domination that Christine has over the fandom going like I gave this up for you I gave you my mind to willingly use and I'm now realizing you're a monster, but at the same time, I I keep I kind of want to keep going. I kind of want to see that there is still good in you. Absolutely. It's kind of in the lyrics as well when she starts saying "pitiful creature of darkness." Mm. It's you know, not conforming to what society deemed Eric to be, but more of this is what you have created yourself to be at the same time. Absolutely, because he was essentially just hiding Mm -hmm. from what society thought of him just sticking to the shadows like a phantom exactly which is heartbreaking oh 100% and it's kind of harder when you hear Christine turn around and go you have now conformed to what society has deemed you to be instead of you know the inventor the musician that you know you led me to believe you have turned around and went actually no I'm going to stick what society thinks of me because essentially he kidnaps her and takes her to his underground lair not once twice <laughs> yeah that's, we forgot about that part didn't we yeah 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 <laughs> no phantom is some romantic little man who's just living in a nice little cottage on the edge of town <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> If oh my gosh, if the music was portrayed like that, it'd be very, very, very funny. <laughs> exactly. Oh. But I think it's time for our first um, little piece of a musical of musical music from the Phantom of the Opera. Um, I'm going to have to get it up here though because I don't know if anyone listened to the last episode, but I do apologize. Um, there was meant to be full-length pieces of music, but um, due to technical difficulties, that wasn't allowed. So, I only have to. I only can um, play 
little pieces of it. So I do apologise. But this is going to be the point of no return. Um, sung by oh, uh, the original motion picture soundtrack of it. Because that is the only one that's coming up for me right now. And it's going to be played if anyone wants to go back and listen to it. To the snippet that I have played today. It, I'm playing it from um, 105 and just 30 seconds of it so i do hope you enjoy short i wish i could play it all it's so sad <laughs> it's such a beautiful song at the same time absolutely even though it is sung while he's taking her down to his underground lair for the second time uh-huh. and she was she drugged then or was she just asleep what is it but this one um it was the confrontation her trying to capture the phantom mm. so it was kind of this battle between those t- between Christine and the Phantom of going, do we give in to this? Are you going to give in? Or, you know, are you going to side with Raoul? Yes. Because, uh, you know, she kind of has this dialogue. In the movie, it kind of is almost as if she gives in to it. But when yes. you look at the musical then and how they actually portray it, it's like Christine doesn't realise it's the Phantom until she feels his ring on his pinky. Oh. And that realisation kind of comes into her face. She goes, oh, shit. Okay, I'm going to move away here. Yeah. We're going to continue singing. Because if I don't start, if I stop singing, they will know. Absolutely. Even though at the end she still reveals his face. This, you know, kind of still shows the world. But for me, it's always a more of a dramatic way of saying, you know, this is who you are. Exactly. I don't think she means to kind of get him captured. I don't think that's what she wants to do. No. But it's such a beautiful song at the same time because it's such a serenading song. Absolutely. And, like, the Phantom's voice is meant to be soothing and kind of hypnotising anyway. It's, like, meant to draw her, lure her back in. It's kind of frightening. And it manages to do that nearly every single time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of gets you in with, aww, and then you actually have to rewatch it to listen to lyrics go, what, 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 what? what?" That's not okay. Why why are we talking about, you know, know, bedroom activities while we are, you know, dancing and singing? Hello? Yeah, no, don't be doing this. (laughs) Same time, do it, but don't. Don't, 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 rapey, rapey. No, 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 no. That's not okay. Especially an 18 year old girl. No, no, no. No. Um, I think my favourite one was there's a rock version of it okay. and it was, it's made by Jonathan I can't remember his full name you find him on YouTube though Jonathan who are you where are you <laughs> <laughs> oh I feel so bad because he's a f- such a brilliant rock musician um, he does vocals more than anything and he's fantastic in it 
that he made a cover of the fa- of the past the point of no return. Oh my god! The Phantom of the Opera, and all I ask of you, the past the point the we passed the point of no return. He gets it. He <laughs> gets it. He does um, something with the audio and something with the, with his voice as well as the girl that's singing with him. There's another brilliant singer on YouTube, and unfortunately, her name has blanked in my mind. <laughs> How ironic! Okay. But um. <laughs> I have to. I have to go listen to that. I would so. recommend everyone listening to it because they both serenade what's actually happening, and they release the anger as well as rock sometimes does. Yes. They release the anger as well that both are feeling towards each other. More Christine than the Phantom, in my opinion. You know, <laughs> that woman has a lot to say to that man, and I have no hesitation to agree. Yep, absolutely. But He's done a lot to her. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like scared her for life, I'd say. Yeah, like the way she's portrayed is 18, 19. I'll go up to 19 because I'm, you know, I'm going to say 19 as well because of how she's portrayed in mm. such a young cast as well, especially with the movie. She was okay. 19, 20, so I'm going to say she was 19 years old. We're going to go up t- a tiny bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. But um, the way she's portrayed by certain Christines. You get, especially with Sarah Boggess, when I saw her portraying it, it was such a, I was like, oh my gosh, she knows. Does <laughs> she know? She knows. She gets it. I remember looking at my mum going, she knows? She knows. That's all we said. <laughs> That's all we had to say. And we look at, we look at Sarah Boggess and she's like, I know. <laughs> because of such a face that she makes and the body, body language she gives, mm. which makes such a brilliant performance when you are playing Christine you have to have such a body language to it as well. Even if you're not moving as much yes. as the Phantom would, you're hypnotised by him, you're, you know, you're distraught by him, you're kissing Raoul, <laughs> and at the same time, you're trying to deal with what, what am I doing? Yes. What, like I, if I was her, I'd be here going, holy shit, should I just book a ticket to England at this point? <laughs> like, leave everything behind? Yeah. Like, she shows such a strong um, personality in such a very scared scared girl sometimes because she's betraying someone who's always been there or she's betraying the man that she supposedly loves exactly what she supposedly i don't i don't know because like even though she's shown as so mature making such a decision is like is sending her back into like flight her flight mode Mm -hmm. fighter fight or flight why is that hard to say fight or flight mode welcome to my world (laughs) (laughs) speaking english one syllable at a time (laughs) exactly like you get when i watch love never dies then on top of this i will always bring up love never dies with phantom because two of them always combine Mm. even though sorry now i'm gonna interrupt andrew lloyd webber says that Love Never Dies is a standalone and you don't need to have watched Phantom of the Opera to watch Love and Never Dies. But, but you, you have do. to. <laughs> you don't get it then. You don't know exactly. why Raoul's being a dickhead out of nowhere. It's like, you can't know. No, like, it makes no sense. You must understand the dynamic of the Phantom and Christine before you watch Love and Never Dies. Exactly. Why is she so against him? Why is he so, I love you, I love you. Exactly. No, you have to watch the first Phantom. You, it doesn't have to be the first. It's random Phantom of the Opera. You be Japanese. Could be exactly. Anything. Just watch one. You just have to, and you have to understand where Madame Jerry comes out of as well. And Meg. And Meg, yeah. Li- literally all the characters. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. And why Raoul and Phantom have this rivalry? 
Although, I gotta say, the songs in Love Never Dies, they are on fire. They are. They slay. They really do. They give so much more of a dynamic of what actually happened between Phantom and Raoul. Absolutely. And I find it so funny, and if you don't mind me going into it... No problem. The dynamic between <laughs> Ramin Caramillo and Hadley... I'm going to just double-check, I think, Hadley Fraser. Hopefully I said his name right. I did. Well done. I'm so proud of myself. Everyone at home give Alison a clap. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. But I actually watch interviews with them. They're so different to each other. It's, do you know that hatred you see on stage, that mm. fire in them? And then you look to the people who play them. Oh my goodness gracious me. Little sweethearts. <laughs> it's kind like of. a brother dynamic. Hadley's a little brother, Ramin's kind of older brother. So Hadley would be like, uh oh. The brother would be like, Ramin would be like, oh my gosh, what did you do? Yeah. Ironically enough. <laughs> That's so cute. It's so fun. It's so adorable. Same time, it's so hilarious because Ramin would, you know, there was a video once he introduced Hadley to sing with him in a concert. And both these men have played in Lesbos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramin has played Marius... Uh, and Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean, and also in Jonaris. I've said oh, that wow. name wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he's played all three. And Hadley has played Marius. He's also played Javert. Oh, my God. And they were singing Empty Chairs and Empty Tables... Hadley oh forgot no. the lyrics. <laughs> Hadley forgot half the lyrics. So here he is just singing away. And Rumi has to come in and go, he forgot the lyrics there. Hadley oh knew. He continued on. He was like, oh my gosh, this is dreadful. Had to restart everything again. And oh it links so well to the Phantom. If you watch 25th, I guarantee you, rewatch 25th anniversary, you will see when lo- um, All I Ask of You comes on. And Chris and Sierra Buck is, is being held tightly by Hadley because she's been through a lot. You will see that moment of, oh fuck, the lyrics. What are the lyrics? <laughs> um, like the, literally the face you make up. Uh-oh. Oh God, okay. Um, got this. He makes that face more than once. And he openly admitted it. He goes, I'm on stage and I've nearly forgotten the lyrics of All I Ask of You. Oh and no. And it's in front of so many people. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying, but... The dynamic they have outside of playing these characters mm-hmm. is so much important, though. Absolutely. Even, though Even more so. 100%, yeah. And I remember watching the surprise quintet last night, um, and Ramin, and I think it was must have been Hadley, if they have such a good relationship, um, they were looking at each other during it, and they kept laughing. Um, so they're like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> See, they played in Les Mis as well on the twenty fifth anniversary. Okay. So when Ramin was playing Andalus for the twenty fifth, um, Hadley played oh, the drunk. I can't. I can't remember his name. Oh, the He's drunk innkeeper. Yeah. Uh, um, no, not the drunk innkeeper. That was Matt Lucas. Um, the one of the rebellion friends. He has Grande. Grande. That's not how you pronounce it, but it's Grande. <laughs> He's the uh, man that always has a bottle. He starts to sing. Starts a song. Drink with me. I do not remember that. It's been so long. I rewatched it just recently. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I was like, Fair. I have to mention this. This is important <laughs> information, people. It's an important. So I was like, I'll have to remember Link. this. <laughs> exactly. They played so they played so many things together. Oh god. That their dynamic is so beautiful. 
absolutely and that's what you need as well do you know i always believe when you are playing when you are listening to phantom of the opera or if you are ever starring in the phantom of the opera doesn't matter it could be a broadway show or it could be simply as a college play doesn't mm. matter um your relationship with the phantom and your relationship with raul or christine will have has doesn't have to be bessie's you don't have to be braiding each other's hair but there has to be some form of relationship there. Absolutely, some connection. A hundred percent, yeah. If yeah. you don't get it, then the du- the duet songs, the songs you sing in duets, the songs you sing in triples. Absolutely. Or even tens, as you saw in The Phantom. You know, you have six or seven people singing different things, but yeah. the same tune. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> like, I get so confused on stage. I'd just be like, you're singing that part, I'm singing this part, but then she's singing that part, and he's singing that part, and they're singing another part. Help. We I did it once, and I'll tell you something. I stick by, you have to have some form of relationship with the other. Because mm. <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> you'll be looking at each other going, I hate you, I hate you too, okay? <laughs> so we're just going to... Uh, Fuck this up. Okay, fair enough then. Let's do this. <laughs> Yay! Come on, let's get ready. <laughs> Without even having to have that conversation. You don't mean to, but it feels like they're having conversation of that. Absolutely. But I think out of all of the Phantoms and the Christines, Marvin and Sierra Bogues have the most chemistry and they work so well together. 100%. Like, even during that quintet, when she was turning around to all the Phantoms, and Ramin was like, running his finger along the side of her chin and looking straight into her soul I was just there like (laughs) I'm melting (laughs) that is true 100% I think as well the other fan club that I've seen Sierra Bagas have such a great relationship with now she's had great relationships with many of them Mm. but for me Norm Lewis he's the first I think he's the first black African American man to play the fan club the opera I think I saw him perform when I watched the version that I did watch. Was he on Phantom of the Opera when in 2017? I think so. I can't remember when he played him. But I remember, um, literally, headlines, headlines, Norm Lewis is going to be the first ever, uh, what was it, black man to play the Phantom. And I'm here going, yay! <laughs> That's brilliant. I love him. He played Javert in Les Mis. And I tell you something about this man... <laughs> He gets it. He gets it. He has such a way with his voice. Even if it's a lower voice than sometimes you'd want for the Phantom, mm. he gets it. <laughs> the storyline is there and you're like, yes. Come on. Thank God he's playing this role. Because he's he told such a beautiful story of Javert. Mm. He got it. Didn't have to move. He didn't move. He was <laughs> stuck on a mic. Literally, stuck on the mic. Moved his arm. I think I've seen that actually. He was um oh who was he with? He was with Alfie Bow was playing Javert. Here was Norm Lewis, out of nowhere, strong character, looked in the mic and sang. And I tell you something, he told a story. So I saw him playing the Phantom and he just moving around his head going Yes You deserve this. Yes. Because that's one of the most important things with musical theatre where some musical theatre actors and actresses fall short mm-hmm. is that they forget to tell the story. They're just singing. A hundred percent, yeah. And, like, I get it's hard to do in things like Phantom, Hamilton, Les Mis, where it's singing the whole way through. Like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. They have my complete and utter respect. Same here. It's, you know... 
no, like it's just it's just a no. <laughs> you admire you have to admire them. You have to give them respect when they're just coming out here nonstop. Absolutely. Like they deserve the standing applause they get. But it's the you are right though. You have to also still portray that storyline. You are playing exactly. a character that has such a sad story or such a beautiful story, no matter how the emotion is. Exactly. But like you have to. And on that note, I'm going to play another song, another snippet of a song for all you beautiful people out there, um, which is a beautiful storyline um, of Raoul and um, Christine. Um, all I Ask of You, which is one of the most beautiful songs in the entire piece. And do forgive me while I get it to the right. <laughs> This is going to be the way of the um, podcast from now on. Just me hurriedly trying to get it to the right <laughs> one. No, come back to me. No, I've gone too far. There we go. Just right. So this is all I ask of you um, from the original motion picture soundtrack of Phantom of the Opera. Yes, I'm here. Nothing can harm you My words will warm and calm you Let me be your freedom Let daylight dry your tears I'm here with you beside you To guard you and to guide you I don't know why, but I I didn't watch the musical first. I first watched, I first just listened to the soundtrack. And I originally thought that it was Phantom and Christine singing that song, not Raoul and Christine. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. I don't. I remember my mom telling me the story of it first. I was like, <gasps> someone burned him alive, and now they're trying to... That's who I thought the Phantom was. Yeah. I thought he was this great man, you know, had owned the opera house. Someone wanted it. Do yeah. you know, like, uh, V for Vendetta? Do you know yes. how that man was just burned alive? I thought that was the Phantom. <laughs> you know, I thought he... I was like, I should get love him. And then I saw him, the first killing he did. I was like... Oh. Ma'am, what's this? Mind why? you, I was still 10. I was like, ma'am, why is he killing people? And she's like, shh. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It's beautiful musical. Shush. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> not only does he kidnap Christine and possibly molest her, because that could have been possible. Like, I'm sorry, I'm putting that thought in everyone's head. But he... <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> What's the matter? It's the first time I've ever actually had to think of it. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought of it the la- the, when I was re-watching it, and I was like, oh, he possibly did molest her or do something worse. And, yeah. Because, <laughs> in fairness, he she was down there alone with him for God knows how long. Oh no, I've broken Alison. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, there's always that. Da, 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 da. I never thought of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're okay. <laughs> Forgive me. Like, if you'll just need the entire day to process this. I, the day I need a month before I can go back to it and be like, okay. Breathe. <laughs> Ooh. All right. I can see, like, 
to be honest, there's so many different stories of the Phantom. Mm. You have the 1999 very long version, like I <laughs> mean very long, of the Phantom of the Opera. There's no songs. There's just dialogue. There's and no it's songs? There's like, they sing at the end. Well, okay, you have a bit of song. <laughs> it's not more of the musical. It's more of, you know, hello, how are you? And then meet it on stage, la, 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 la. Uh-huh. And then come back, hello, how are you? Obviously, they say more than hello, how are you yeah. to each other. But you kind of get the backstory. They kind of create more of a backstory for Eric. Okay. That's, the na- that's where the name Eric came from, from my knowledge. I'll be yes. honest with you, I, huh, I was schooled. This is how this is this is this is why sometimes before you go into audition um, audition this is actually a message for everyone that wants to listen. I, I have to learn this hard way. If you're going for audition, or if you're going for an examination in singing, whether you're singing yourself, whether you're playing an instrument, or whether you're just acting out a part where you don't want to sing but you want to do this, mm. for the love of God, holy, please know the entire backstory. And I don't mean like I actually mean please contact historians mm. in some cases so i didn't do this i was like yeah it's a book yeah like it was you know andrew Lloyd Webber took it from movies horror movies you know this is where it started and it started from a book lo and behold mm. my examination my the person who examined me in mm. my singing when i have to after i sung think of me for him he goes tell me how do you know more much about it i was like oh yeah it's you know andrew Lloyd Webber created a musical before that it was a horror movies and before that it was a book he goes anything else I was like, <laughs> no, no 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 panic so he goes i actually played in the orchestra oh wow for the phantom of the opera oh no oh yeah oh no oh, oh he oh he went you there. were in deep do do then <laughs> god i said have i missed something he goes the original story to the phantom of the opera was when they were creating the opera house in france and they heard moans and groans and people talking and the workers in the opera house got so scared they generally thought it was a phantom oh they my thought god there was a phantom in the erotic of the opera oh my god no it was these it was people working on the railroad oh wow in the underground oh my god so then you had a very very fancy french name that i'm going to pronounce terribly i'm so sorry <laughs> if you can hear this oh gosh Gaston. La Rocks. We're going to say La Rocks. I am so sorry. I, I'm not, I can't speak French. <laughs> he wrote The Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And then progressed to Adrian Weber. Oh, my God. So please know all your facts. <laughs> Get them straight. It means you're looking at myths or legends. They'll yes. take it into consideration. Be like, good, good. good my job. one just laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. My one just laughed at me. God love you. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Now, I am afraid, even though it has been absolutely fantastic, we are out of time. I'm very sorry to say. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's I been enjoyed so much myself fun. so much. I'm so glad. And you will be coming back at some stage, hopefully. Great. I'll force you back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to talk about Love Never Dies a bit more. Who knows? <laughs> but yes, hopefully you have a lovely day. Thank you. And I'm going to play our lovely listeners out with a section from one of my favourite songs from Phantom of the Opera. Um, I just think something went wrong. I'm connected. Thank you very much. Um, One of my favourite songs from Phantom of the Opera. It's just so haunting, so beautiful, 
I absolutely adore it. And um, yes, this is Music of the Night. So if you don't know uh, Music of the Night and you're a Phantom of the Opera fan, where have you been? Even Musical Theatre fan, where have you been? It's one of the most iconic songs following Phantom of the Opera. But thank you all for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day, a fantastic week. Be sure to come check out the society stands on campus today, (laughs) which is Wednesday, and this won't be going out till Friday, so it's a bit late, but hey. (laughs) Have a fantastic week, and enjoy. Never lived before